You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering the community question of how do I get my avoidant partner to open up more? So this is a very frequently asked question. As you can imagine, I know that it's something a lot of more anxious partners struggle with and really desire is to have more depth and connection with their partner, particularly a partner who leans more avoidant. So I'm going to be unpacking that a little today and importantly, and I would say more importantly than the actual how do I get my partner to open up more? As you can imagine, if you are familiar with my work and my philosophy, I think the more revealing inquiry here is what is it within me that needs to control or influence that? What part of me feels unsafe with them not telling me everything right away or feeling like I can't reach parts of them? How much of my desire to get them to open up is about them versus me. And I think that when we can get a little curious about that and take responsibility and really own the parts of us that maybe want to control someone or want to change them, want them to be more like us or as we would like them to be, then we're more able to approach those situations with a level of conscious awareness. And hopefully that will pave the way for more genuine, authentic connection rather than connection that is with a motive of control attached to it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before I dive into that, a couple of quick announcements. You might've heard me share in the last episode that for the month of June, I am offering a 50% off sale on my online courses and masterclasses. So included in that is my higher love course, which is my breakup course and my three masterclasses, how to navigate anxious avoidant relationships, better boundaries and sex and attachment. So for the month of June, you can use the code June 50 on my website, the checkout area to save 50% on all of those products. So if you've been interested in going a little deeper with my work, now is a great time to do that. We'll link all of that in the show notes for you. Second announcement is just to share the featured review, which is Stephanie's an incredible teacher on attachment, not only theories covered, but so many good examples of practical implementation. I've had experiences learning about attachment theory that made me feel like I'm a bad person because of how I tend to behave in relationships. With Stephanie, I never feel that. I've learned so much from listening to her and I've only just scratched the surface on the many episodes available. Also, her voice is very pleasant and soothing. She has a wonderful accent and her way of pacing her words makes it very easy to understand. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You're making a huge contribution by creating this valuable content. Thank you so much for that beautiful review. It's kind of you to say that my voice is very pleasant and soothing because I got a message from someone on Instagram yesterday telling me to please make my voice more professional because it sounded unnatural. So apparently you can't please everybody, but uh, it's nice to have the alternative perspective. So thank you so much for your review and your kind words. If that was your review, please send an email to podcast at stephanierig.com and my team will set you up with free access to one of those masterclasses that I mentioned a little while ago. Okay, so let's dive into this conversation around how do I get my avoidant partner to open up? So let's acknowledge the starting point. For anxious people, disclosure and arguably over-disclosure is a way to fast-track connection a lot of the time. So even if it's very early in the dating process, 
something that a lot of anxious people will relate to is I want to tell you everything about me and I want you to tell me everything about you as a way to fast track us to depth, right? I don't want to hang out in this in-between uncertain thing where our relationship isn't really intense yet. And I lean on disclosure as a way to bypass that in-between stage, that uncertainty and fast track us straight to really intense connection. So as is the case a lot of the time, noticing that as an anxious person, you probably sit at one extreme or one end of the spectrum when it comes to disclosure or opening up. And sometimes that can be maybe over disclosure. So it can be a lack of boundaries. I think that you know, if we look at some of those descriptors of the various attachment styles, you'll see anxious people over-disclose, avoidant people are very protective of disclosure and might under-disclose or, or not share much of themselves with someone. And secure attachment is somewhere in the middle, right? It's I share an appropriate amount with people, but I don't blurt out everything and all of my deepest, darkest secrets and my history and my family struggles and my trauma and everything uh, because that might be too much too soon. So I suppose I say that just to invite you to reflect on, am I sitting at one extreme and judging someone or expecting them to meet me in my version of doing things my way, which maybe isn't healthy either? And I think that we can see that kind of dynamic play out a lot in anxious avoidant relationships is that we tussle over which extreme should win out when really the goal is to meet in the middle. So I think when it comes to getting someone to open up, we first have to acknowledge that that is driven by our preference from the other extreme. Now, that is not to say that desiring connection with someone via feeling like you know them on a deep level is problematic. I don't think that it is problematic. I think that's really understandable and natural and can be healthy. At the same time, we do need to acknowledge that there can be a level of protectiveness from the avoidant person around sharing parts of themselves with other people. There can be trust wounds, certainly for more fearful avoidant people. There can be a real betrayal fear and not trusting in people's good intentions and feeling like the more I share of myself with you, the more potential you have to use that against me or hurt me. So I want to keep you at arm's length, or maybe if I do share something with you, then I retreat because I feel like I really regret sharing things with you. But I think that we do have to get really curious around how much of me wanting you to open up is because I genuinely want to know you better from an open-hearted, agenda-free kind of way and how much of it is because I can't tolerate the distance that I perceive from not being able to reach you, from there being things about you that I don't know. Because as we know, for anxious people, information feels safe. The more information we have, the more in control we feel. The less information we have, the more out of control we feel. That uncertainty tends to feel really destabilizing and can feel like you can't mobilize to keep yourself safe because you don't know what you're dealing with. And those blanks, we tend to fill in with worst case scenarios, right? We catastrophize. Why would they hide something from me? Why wouldn't they share it with me? 
you know, it must be something really bad or they don't like me or there's something awry here. We become very, very suspicious of someone not sharing everything with us again, because our preference and our baseline is to share everything with everyone um, in a way that, again, we, we use that to fast track connection. So we are suspicious and judgmental of the ways in which someone might be different to us. And we think that it's necessarily spells trouble. So I do think that we have to get honest and own how much of this is me wanting you to open up because I want to feel more connected to you and how much of it is I would feel more in control of you and our relationship and I would feel safer if I had more information because the more information I have, the more options I have, the more strategies I feel like I have at my disposal to troubleshoot, to problem solve, uh, to preempt something bad happening. But without that information, I feel like I'm going in blind to this situation where I feel like I'm going to have to protect myself and not going to be able to do that because I'm not armed with that information. I think the other piece of this is that the other kind of self-serving piece, and as always, I say self-serving, not in a judgmental way because I am guilty of all of these things. But the other self-serving thing can be, if you loved me, you would tell me right? That's the logic from the anxious side. It's if you really cared about this relationship, you would share everything with me. And so the fact that you don't want to share certain things with me or you're not opening up to me makes me feel rejected or unloved or suspicious or any other thing, but I'm making it mean something about how much you care about me or how much you love me. And again, that is a very good example of projecting what something would mean if it were us onto someone else who's very different to us. So just recognizing all of those different limbs that might be playing out here that might be influencing your need for someone else to be a certain way and how much of that is genuinely about them and how much of it is about you and arguably about control. So putting that to one side, and that's kind of a a whole inquiry in and of itself is all of the pieces within us that want to get someone to open up and actually looking at, okay, what would be the conditions which would support someone to feel like they could open up? And for an avoidant person, we have to look at the core wounds and the fears there. And a lot of the time that is around, I don't want to be controlled. (laughs) I don't want to feel like someone is trying to take away my privacy, my independence, my selfhood. And so feeling like someone is you know, literally or figuratively looming over them and demanding that they open up or making them wrong for not opening up on someone else's timeline, that's usually going to exacerbate it rather than alleviate it, right? That's going to really lead them to dig their heels in and reinforce the need for self-protection rather than to support them to feel safe. You can't just demand that someone feels safe enough to open up to you. You have to kind of earn that. And earning that might mean building trust incrementally over time and then releasing the grip on trying to control someone or trying to make demands of them that are more than they are able to give at a certain point in a relationship or a certain point in their own journey, right? This stuff can feel intensely vulnerable and unsafe. And I think we have to really remind ourselves of that rather than just asking these questions of how can I get them to do this thing that I want them to do? There's a lot more in it than that. 
I think the important thing to add to all of this is it's really reasonable and understandable to want to know that someone is connected to their own emotional landscape. And I think to the extent that your desire to get your partner to open up is because it feels unsafe or otherwise destabilizing to you to feel like there's something going on that not only you don't understand, but your partner doesn't understand. If you listen to a recent episode I did with Connor Beaton, a guest that I had on, he works a lot with men. And we spoke in that episode in the context of men that what we really desire from someone in partnership is, can I trust that you know what's going on with you and you have self-awareness around that and you have the tools and the resources to do whatever you need to do to take care of it? And I think that that is really the crux of it. And when we feel like someone is not only cloistered, but also in denial about there being something wrong or something that needs their attention, that's when it starts to feel really unsafe. And that's where on the anxious side, you probably start escalating and going into this panicky frenzy of, you have to tell me there's something wrong. I know there's something wrong. Why aren't you telling me? Just open up to me. Because we feel like if they don't understand what's going on with them or they don't know, then how are they going to take care of it? And that can feel really unsafe and really stressful. So I think that that aspect of it, to the extent that that's your experience, feeling like you don't have trust in the fact that they're self-aware enough to know what's going on for them and to manage that for themselves. I think that's really understandable. And maybe the middle ground then is to say, I don't need you to tell me everything that's going on, but it would be helpful for me if you could just reassure me that whatever it is that you've got it under control or that you're taking care of it or some other reassurance that isn't, I need you to bear your soul to me so that I can launch in and fix it and go into that caretaker mode, but at least give me some sort of insight into what you're experiencing and what you're going to do about it. Right. And I think when we can ask for that from a more restrained place rather than a demanding place and a place that's you know, tell me what's going on for you. And then I'm going to mobilize straight away into trying to fix it, which might feel like a boundary violation for the other person. Well, we can do it in a more restrained way and a more trusting way, a way that says, I trust you and I respect you. And I know that you'll take care of it, but it would really help if I could get a little insight into what you're going through. That feels more balanced. And that feels like more of a healthy middle ground rather than you know, poking and prodding and demanding that someone open up so that you feel better about it. So I suppose it's a long-winded way of saying, how do I get someone to open up? I don't know that you do get someone to open up. I think people open when they're ready. And if they're opening before they're ready because you've made them, that's probably not a great outcome, is it? We really want people to open from a place of a natural unfolding and unfurling of their authentic self in a way that feels really true and honest, rather than getting someone to share parts of themselves that they're not ready to share or that they feel really reluctant to share. And then that being cloaked in fear or self-protection and probably not feeling that great on either side. I think when we can trust that in time, if we are loving and respectful and trusting of one another, that that revealing just happens. It takes place naturally because the safety is established between you in a really genuine way. And so I think that if you can 
cultivate that patience and trust rather than needing someone to operate on your timeline of, you know, opening up or revealing themselves or disclosing certain things, then I think that that's maybe the better path. Now, of course, all of the caveats, all of the, what about this? What about this? What about someone, you know, lying to me or I'm not talking about any of that, right? I'm really talking about sharing emotionally disclosing things about, you know, fears and insecurities, recognizing that that's much harder for some people than others. And that doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong or broken, but just trying to accept our partner's process and and trust their ability to make those decisions for themselves rather than feeling like we need to step in and steward their personal development process for them, which, as I've said, I think is a really easy place for more anxious people to go but it costs us a lot because once we step into that role of coach or therapist or caretaker, um, that can become the balance point in the relationship and that can be the role that we cement ourselves into, which for a time might feel good because we might feel needed or we might feel in control, but ultimately it costs us a lot because then who's there to support us when we've you know, anointed ourselves the support person in the relationship? It can skew things in a direction that ultimately doesn't serve us. So I realized that was a lot of different limbs and thoughts and reflections and probably wasn't the answer you were looking for if you were hoping for a nice, neat three-step process on how to get an avoidant person to open up. But I hope that it's given you something a little more nuanced and layered to reflect upon and ultimately an invitation into greater self-awareness, greater self-responsibility and maybe more acceptance of your partner and more trust and respect for them in a way that will naturally give rise to opening and safety in your relationship. If you've enjoyed this episode, as always, I'm super grateful for those of you who can leave a quick review or a rating or a feedback, little comment thing on Spotify, share it with the people in your life. It all really helps and adds up and is a huge support for me in continuing to get the word out about the podcast. Otherwise, I look forward to joining you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.